Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. Someone once said, it's more blessed to give than receive. I'm sure you know that Jesus said that. And it makes sense. We were talking about it in our celebration service about a month ago, that we are made in the image of God. And God is a giving God. And so that when we give, we are acting as we should, acting as God created us to act. Generosity of soul should, it should be our thing all year. But particularly at Christmas, a generosity of soul. I love the Christmas story that we read in the Gospels because in the Christmas story, we see so many little acts of generosity that became big acts that changed the world, really. We find the spirit of Christmas in the Christmas story. Uh, I'm going to read just a few verses from Luke 2. And it displays how one man's small act of generosity helped change the world. It says, So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in the manger because there was no room available for them in the inn. Now, this is so easy to skip over. But I want you to think about this. Uh, The Caesar had made a decree and everyone was moving around and going town to town and and needing accommodation and people were, were going all over the place. And for this innkeeper who was in Bethlehem, this was going to be an extremely busy time. Because he had people coming in and the town was full and, and everyone was looking for accommodation and everything had to be right and he had to make sure the rooms were clean, he had to make sure everyone had their Wi-Fi otherwise they'd be complaining and everything had to be done well and he had disgruntled customers and everything was a big rush and you can imagine that he was frazzled because he'd never been this full and it was just a big thing for him and it wasn't a good time to be thinking about other people's problems. This was his time to make a buck and try and make it run as smoothly as possible. Then a young couple comes to his door and she's obviously pregnant and they say, we need a room, please. And he's got the no vacancy sign out, much like this. No, there's no room. I've got no room for you at all, I'm really sorry. Now think about this, this guy has got enough stress. He's got enough going on in his life. Uh, He's got all these problems and she could give birth at any moment. He could see that she's really pregnant. Do I need the hassle of that? I don't want this. And I'm not even sure they're married. I don't need this. How easy would it have been for him to say, look at the sign, no vacancy, really sorry, on your way. But this innkeeper was different. He wasn't like that. He didn't have a room, but he did have a stable out the back. And the animals were out in the field because it was a warm 
uh, spring night probably, and, and he could have said, I don't need the hassle, off you go. But instead, he said, I see your need, and I might just be able to help you. And even though I'm really busy and I'm really frazzled and I've got enough on my plate, even though maybe, just maybe, you can use the shed out the back. And I can imagine this guy bustling out there. And it's, a, it's an animal shed. So I can imagine him rearranging things and putting down hay and, and trying to make it as comfortable as possible and, and saying, I hope you'll be all right. I can imagine him giving them some water to have in there and, and, making, it, and making their problem his problem. I see your need, okay, I'm really busy, but I will take a moment to help you and I'll make you as comfortable as possible and, 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 and I'll, I'll try and just make a little difference in your life because maybe my little act of generosity might do something for you. And so that night, she gave birth in the shed and she laid the baby in the manger and we call him Jesus. And I think of the innkeeper who could have said, I don't need the hassle, see you later, try find somewhere else. But instead, he acted with empathy. He said, I've got my own problems, but I see yours. Let me see what I can do. And he did a little thing. He said, come on out the back, and, and he made them comfortable out the back. He did a little thing, but as a result of the little thing, the saviour of the world was born in his shed. What an incredible truth that is. And I'd like to think that years later, he came to realise, wow, I gave comfort to God himself. Just a little act of generosity to say, let your problem be my problem. Let me take some of the burden off you. Let me see what I can do to help you. And the saviour of the world was born in his shed. Incredible generosity. Over the next few weeks, you're going to be busy. We've got stuff on, we've got family coming, we've got things to do, we've got shopping to do, we've got, we got, we got stuff, we've got all this stuff that we have to do. Take time to be aware of the people around you because a little act of generosity to someone else might be little to you, but to them it might be life-changing. So this Christmas, let's be aware of the people around us, the generous innkeeper or the shepherds. I love the story of the shepherds mostly because of what a shepherd was back then. They were the guys that looked after the sheep. But this was one of the lowest occupations that you could have. Like in their social standings, they were as low as you can get. I don't know if you remember the Old Testament story about David when David's brothers and, and the, the leader of the country was coming to their house. And, and so all the brothers were there for the feast, but David wasn't invited in. He was out the back with the sheep looking after them because he was the youngest and the least important. So being a shepherd was no great job. It was just a living, but it was looked down upon. So shepherds in society were looked down upon. They're not much good for anything else but being a shepherd. These shepherds were out in the fields that, field that night. And this is what it says in Luke 2, that an angel appeared to them and said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you and he is the Messiah. He is your Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a feed trough. Now I wonder when they heard those words, they thought, what? Lying in a feed trough? But here was the news of the saviour of the world he had arrived. And then it says, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
let's go into Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened that the Lord has told us about. And they went into Bethlehem and somehow they found him. They found the saviour. Then the next part I love, when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what they'd been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and pondered them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they'd heard and seen, which were just as they'd been told to them. I love the way it says that when the shepherds found Jesus and they realized this was the savior of the world, I love the next part immediately is that they went and they told everyone they could about it. Everyone they could, they took the message out. Now this was 2000 years ago. So it wasn't as simple as taking a a selfie with Jesus in the background, putting it on Instagram and saying, spread the news. They actually had to go from house to house. So here were some shepherds that were looked down upon by society, that were probably feeling disloved, unloved, Uh, They were feeling lonely. They were probably feeling like we don't count. Yet when they heard the good news, their first response is to go tell everyone that they could about the new saviour. We're not keeping this this news to ourselves. This is such important news. And they, they went house to house. They went and told everyone they could everywhere with joy in their heart. And when people heard it, They were amazed, number one, at the news the shepherds bought, and number two, that it was shepherds that came to their door. Imagine midnight, knock on the door, you're thinking, what's going on? The town's full, I know, and opening up, and there's a smelly shepherd, smelling like sheep, but saying, I've got wonderful news. The Saviour has been born, and he's right here in this town. And door to door they went, telling everyone, spreading the news. They made it their mission to tell everyone they could about the saviour that had been born. The sheep were forgotten. Their main priority was to tell everyone they could, everyone that they could interact with about the new saviour. People became their priority rather than their sheep. People became their mission. You know, it's ironic with the rise of social media and communication that people are lonelier than ever. In Chinchilla, we have an epidemic of loneliness. In a time when social media is so big and and we're supposed to be so connected, people are so disconnected. Maybe this Christmas, maybe there are people in our town that could do with a visit and someone coming to tell them, hey, I've got great news for you. Maybe there might be a neighbour near you. Maybe they could become your priority this Christmas. Hey, I was just baking some brownies. Here's some brownies. Why don't we have a cup of some time? It's amazing how you can change someone's life by a small act of generosity and saying, you're important. You're a priority to me. They dropped everything and they shared the good news. They were generous with their time. This Christmas, with everything that's happening, with all the stuff that I've got to do, my goal is to sit down with one person that I maybe don't talk too much and just spend some time just talking. And I'm going to pray, God, show me someone who's lonely this Christmas. Just put someone on my heart that I can contact and say, hey, this Christmas, I just want to have a couple with you, spend some time with you. A little act of generosity can change someone's life. And the Christmas story is all about generosity. The generosity of the innkeeper that said, I'll make your problem my problem, let me help you. The generosity of the shepherds that said, even though we are looked down on, 
I'm still going to give you my time. I'm going to make people my priority. I'm going to tell everyone I can, not keep it to myself. We have the generosity of the wise men. This is what Matthew says. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his, saw his star rise and have come to worship him. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Now this picture, I love this picture of, and when you say wise men, they were rich rulers. They were extremely influential. They were people who were looked up to in society. They were the top echelon. And that's what I love about the Christmas story. We've got the shepherds who were down here, and then we've got the wise men who were up here. And when they saw Mary and the child, they bowed down and they worshipped. These are three guys, or a few guys, mightn't have been three. These are a few guys that knew what it was for people to bow down to them and show them honour. And here they are, bowing down to a child and worshipping him. And then they opened their sacks and they pulled out gold, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. A powerful act of generosity in worship. Jesus, you are the one. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and they gave the very best that they could. I wonder what Mary thought of all this. She was watching it all. She's watching these rich, influential men bowing down to her son and then pulling out the presents and they gave the very best they could. No undies and socks when they unwrapped that. It was gold and frankincense and myrrh. Their generosity is mind-blowing. This Christmas, it's so easy to forget about what Christmas is really about about the worship of Jesus. And I want to be generous to the people around me. I want to show generosity of time and empathy. I want to see if I can just make someone else's Christmas a bit better. But I also don't want to lose sight of the fact that it's about Jesus. And my ultimate act of generosity is to give him my very best this Christmas, to make him the center of my Christmas. Because really, the Christmas story is all about God's extreme generosity to us. That the world was imperfect and broken and we were declared wrongdoers and deserving of punishment. But God, in an extreme act of generosity, and that verse says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. There is no more generous act ever in history than that act of God giving his son for us. And in response to that, I'm determined to be generous this year. Generous with my time. Generous with my empathy. Generous towards God. To have a generous soul. Because it was what I was created to do. And when I'm generous to other people, it changes the world for other people, but it also changes me. It makes me more into the person that God wants me to be. When I'm generous to God with my worship, it changes me to be into the person that God wants me to be. I want to be a generous person this Christmas. And so here's your challenge this Christmas. Just take time from the busyness and do what I'm doing. Pray, God, let me just one person. I want to make a difference in one person's life this Christmas season. 
God, put someone on my heart. Give me something that I can do for someone. And see how doing a little act of kindness can change someone's world. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to come from a big spirit. And when it does, it can change someone's world. I want to close by telling you a Christmas story of generosity. Now, I've been practising this all week and I, I am determined not to cry when I read it, but every time I've read it, I cry. Carly came in the office yesterday, I'm bawling. What's the matter? I'm reading the Christmas story. So I'll try not to cry as I read this Christmas story. It's an act of generosity, but I'm not sure who gave the act of generosity in this Christmas story. Mrs Thompson stood in front of her fifth grade class on the very first day of school and she told her children a lie. If you're a teacher here, you might understand this. Like most teachers, she looked at the pupils and said, I love you all the same and I'll treat you all exactly the same. But that was impossible because they were all kids and she knew that that was impossible. And slumped right in the front row was a little boy called Teddy. Teddy didn't play well with other children. His clothes were unkempt and he constantly needed a bath. Teddy was an unpleasant boy and Teddy was hard to like. It actually got to the point during the first few months that she'd take delight in marking his papers with a big cross and then an F at the end. It, it seemed perverse, but she just didn't like Teddy because he was a solemn little boy and no one else enjoyed him either. At the school where Mrs Thompson taught, she was required to review each child's records and then she put, she put Teddy's off till last. When she opened his file, she got a shock. His first grade teacher said, Teddy is bright and inquisitive and ready to laugh. He does his work neatly and is well-mannered. He's a joy to be around. His second grade teacher wrote, Teddy's an excellent student, well-behaved and liked by all his classmates, but he's troubled because his mother has a terminal illness and life's a struggle at home. His third grade teacher wrote, Teddy continues to work hard, but his mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest in his, and his home life will soon affect him unless some steps are taken. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy's withdrawn and doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have any friends and he sometimes sleeps in class. He's tardy and he could soon become a problem. By now, Mrs Thompson realised the problem, but Christmas was coming fast. It was all she could do with the school play and everything happening to just get through the rest of the year but suddenly she began to focus on Teddy Stoddard. Her children, the, the day of breakup before Christmas, bought her presents. Uh, as she did, some came with, most came with brightly coloured presents, brightly coloured wrapping paper, uh, covered with ribbon, except for Teddy. His was, his was clumsily wrapped with heavy brown paper. Mrs Thompson took pains to open it in the middle of all the other presents. And some of the children started to laugh when she found a rhinestone bracelet with some of the stones missing and a bottle of perfume that was only half full. She stifled the children's laughter and she exclaimed how pretty the bracelet was and she put it on her wrist and she showed it off and then she put the perfume on and said, I smell beautiful. Teddy came at the end of school and said, Mrs Thompson, you smell just like my mum used to. The children left. Now I'm going to start crying. <laughs> and she cried for an hour as she realised this poor little boy... She decided after that she'd take, pay him special attention. And then for the rest of the year, she encouraged him, she worked with him, and his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged Teddy, the faster he responded, his grades started to pick up. On a day that there was an important test, she'd remember to wear the perfume to remind Teddy of his mum. 
by the end of the year he'd become one of the smartest children in the class and he'd also become the teacher's pet and she vowed I'm going to love all children exactly the same from now on. A year later she found a note under her door from Teddy telling her that of all the teachers he'd ever had she was his favourite. Six years went by before she got another note from Teddy. He told her I finished high school third in my class and you're still my favourite teacher ever. Four years after that, she got another letter saying that while things had been tough, he'd stayed in school, stuck it out, and he'd graduate from college with the highest of honours. But you're still my favourite teacher, he said. Then four more years passed and another letter came. This one described how he'd got his degree and he decided to go even a little further. And he said, with great pains to, to point it out, you're still my favourite teacher, but now my name's a bit longer. My name is Dr Theodore Stoddart. The story doesn't end there. You see, there was another letter a couple of years later. Teddy had met a girl and he was to be married. He explained that his father had died and he had no parents. So he said, Mrs Thompson, will you come and be my parent for the day? On that special day, Jean Thompson wore the bracelet and she used the perfume so she would smell like Teddy's mum. They hugged and Dr Stoddard whispered, thank you for believing in me. You gave me the best gift of all. Teddy replied, uh, Mrs Thompson replied, no, you gave me the best gift of all. You gave me the gift of love. Just a little act of generosity can make an enormous difference in someone's life. And I'd encourage you this Christmas to think just one little act of generosity can change someone's future when it's blessed by God. Let's pray. Why don't you stand with me? Gee, I did well. I didn't cry. <laughs> Not much, yeah, just a little bit. No. Not as bad as I was during the week. Do you know, stories like that drive me. Because there could be someone in my neighbourhood that just needs one little bit of encouragement and it could change their life. Lord, I want to thank you for the Christmas story. It's the story of one huge act of, of generosity that changed the world. I want to thank you for the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his son. And I pray over the coming weeks that the truth of that would impact us in a special and a new way, that God himself gave his son. But I pray that we wouldn't just be grateful, although I pray we would be that, but I pray we would be challenged to be generous, that we would take the time to see that people matter, that broken people matter and that one act of generosity can change someone's world and maybe change their future. Lord, I pray that over the next three weeks we would pray about this. It would be on our heart that we would make people our priority and even just one person, one small act of generosity, I pray that it would be blessed by God and it would have a ripple effect through a family and through years and that maybe we would change someone's eternity just by taking a little time this Christmas. Challenge us, I pray. We love you, God, and we thank you, and we want to be like you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. 
If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.